Okay, so welcome to this episode of the WAN Manager Podcast. Uh, if you caught last season, we did a few episodes that were with other telegeography analysts where we kind of take a deeper dive on a particular topic. And that is what we're going to be doing today with Eric Kreifeld talking about Internet Middle Mile. Welcome, Eric. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, so often at this part, I like to read out some data points that might make their way into a chart in a blog post or, or a write-up. This product doesn't really lend itself uh, to that kind of sort of pithy description, but in it, we profile 28 middle mile providers in five different categories of provider. So that, that's what we're going to sort of work through today rather than kind of um, start with just a bunch of statistics, I thought I'd set up that we're we're looking at uh, what does this marketplace look like, um, uh, whether you're from the carrier side or the end user side, it's important to understand uh, not just who the different players are, but kind of what different niches they fill. So we have Eric here, who is uh, the lead analyst on this new product, uh, also called Internet Middle Mile. Uh, but before we jump into that, Eric, um, I wonder if you could just give us a brief explanation of kind of your background and, and specifically what you do at Telegeography. Well, I'm a principal analyst at Telegeography, and um, it's sort of a common term in the analyst community, such, such as it is. And uh, mm -hmm. I've been doing this for 15 years, uh, just just like you, actually. I think you got me. We started up. months apart from each other. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Want to say it was yeah. about six months. And uh, so you, yeah. your anniversary must have just hit because I want to say mine's about six months out for 15 years. February. So just about when this this is uh, airing, I think. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, I. I've worked, kind of done a pretty much a tour de force of most of telegeography's research lines over the years. And, you know, we focused a lot on the uh, kind of the core network and the wholesale business, but also more recently um, enterprise services and, and, and that market. Um, and, you know, at telegeography generally, we, we focus a lot on the commercial aspects of that. And even within telegeography, you know, I'm on the team that's focusing on that as opposed to what we would call infrastructure, which is a bit more about network topology and, and, and things like that. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I've been but you've dabbled in that too, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and previous to that, I, I was also at, you know, sort of an industry analyst in different different venues, but uh, did a lot of optical networking work before this, uh, which is still relevant. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's my background. So that puts you in a, in a good position to pull back to uh, to the scale where we can we can see this as a part of the larger uh, ecosystem rather than being sort of laser beam focused on on as a WAN service specifically perhaps. Yeah. All right, so let's start out here. I I'm sure everyone listening to this uh, has used the term middle mile or heard it before, but like many things in telecom uh, that are terms of art. Uh, the meaning can very much differ with the mouth that it is emanating from, right? So, so how are we defining middle mile specifically in in this new product? Oh, I'm I'm actually glad you use the term term of art. I mean, I I don't I don't like all lawyer terms, but I, I I'm fond of that one. I, <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah. It's actually it's uh, it's pertinent here because if you actually Google it and look up look it up, uh, middle mile, I, I think it really started more as a term of art for the FCC would use it for really more of a kind of a, 
not a universal access, but sort of mm-hmm. a broad or kind of an unbundling broad, you know, for business broadband back uh, maybe. Yeah. You know, the broadband planned. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, so it, it's, it gets kicked around there and it's not entirely different from that, but just to kind of point that out, that is, you know, where you'll first hear of it. And then, you know, it, it, it can, maybe there are a few things, a couple other things that maybe it isn't quite, you know, on the one hand, we used to talk about, you know, the the metro network, which was basically that portion of the network between the core network and the access network mm, and, mm-hmm. you know, so middle mile. And, and it, it's, it's, it's a bit that, um, but uh, yeah. it's, it's a little bit more nuanced in, in, in this case that, uh, I think it's fair to describe it pretty similarly that, you know, it's that portion of the network between, you know, and it's, it's primarily in the, in the context of, a, of an enterprise WAN service that it's between the enterprise's local access to the network and the core network, particularly whatever destination on the core network, most, you know, foremost among them, a, a cloud mm-hmm. service provider, but it could be something else. So I know that's pretty generic and we'll break some of those things down, but uh, fairly intuitive enough. And I actually had a colleague when we were talking through this and, and sorting it out, he said, you know, it almost was easier for me to understand it as uh, as middleman, you know, or <laughs> middle entity. Ah, to, interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of broker the, the end user to the, you know, applications in in the cloud, basically, or or hosted otherwise, you know, off off prem, and that's another what you might call a a two sided marketplace, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely interesting. So, so you you kind of alluded to this, and I, and I, I've I've heard you bring it up before in uh, in this topic that really this is a lot about how enterprises connect to the cloud. So there's a cloud geography out there. If, if you're in, you know, if, if your office is in Northern Virginia, maybe it's really straightforward to get to the cloud, but most offices aren't necessarily by a huge conglomeration of cloud instances. Um, how does middle mile uh, sort of um, involve the cloud? In other words, how, how is it that middle mile providers are, are connecting to the cloud? And, and is that different from uh, the way that a sort of traditional telco WAN services provider would look at it? Right. Um, I, I think it's fair to break it down in two very basic ways you can connect to the cloud, that an enterprise connect to the cloud. And one is over the internet and one is more directly with, you know, some version of a, you know, dedicated transport link between your location and your service provider. Right. Um, and that's, that's where we get more into this morass of terms that, de- you know, dedicated uh, direct connect has a particular meeting. <laughs> so, so we yeah. say dedicated connection or something like this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And so given those two basic means of, of, of connecting to the cloud, what the middle mile sector wants to do is to uh, kind of augment and optimize those, those methods. So you have some of the Mm -hmm. uh, operators that are like, okay, you're, you're connecting to, you know, the, the, the cloud over the the internet. Well, the internet isn't perfect. Let's provide some services that, you know, augment that to make, to, to, to basically make that more robust and and a better, uh, a better. Right. 
better connection, better, better experience and all that to access uh, applications. And then on the other, by the other means, uh, another approach is just to have a more, basically a private network or, you know, some more of an on net facilities based type approach rather than doing it at layer three to mm-hmm. connect you more, you know, directly. And like you said, you brought up uh, uh, direct connects. It, it's certainly, um, it's very similar to that. And that's where the, the similarities start in what middle mile would be versus a, uh, a, a traditional enterprise network service provider. There's a lot of the same service being provided there. Um, but there, with, with a couple of key differences that we can, uh, that we can get into. Got it. Okay. So, so, the, uh, sort of thinking through that, if I, if I'm connecting to my cloud, through an ISP, say the ISP, then of course is is presumably dumping my traffic not too long after it picks it up, or even if I'm using uh, a sort of more like a DIA service or or something more um, uh, local access, traditional oriented, that still has to um, get from say that central office to the the AWS instance or, or whatever the case. So, so we're we're looking at the folks who focus on that area. Is that a uh, yeah, a- yeah? That, in that scenario, you want to make that that uh, journey as efficient as possible. Usually, what gets mm-hmm. trotted out is that oh, you're connecting, you know, to the cloud over the internet, and you're you're at the mercy of the of the peering fabric uh, that that is being utilized by your um, provider, and frankly, all those upstream providers to it. Uh, mm-hmm. And you could end up in a scenario where basically your routing could be very inefficient and take many more. If you're trying to get from point A to point Z, you don't want to have to go through B, C, D, E, E, F, G and all the rest on the way. You would rather right. just you know, do it in as few hops as possible. Uh, and you can, you, know, you can go to that third party that can either sort of scoop up your traffic as soon as you can and kind of carry it more on net or otherwise sort of ensure that it takes the most efficient path through the Internet to get where it needs to go. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. All right. So, so we have a framework of like what we mean by middle mile, what it's trying to do. Uh, I mentioned at the top here that, that we have, I think it was 28 providers in, in five different categories. Could you break us down uh, what, what those categories are and, and um, how uh, different providers um, sort of group together in terms of solving this uh, problem? Sure. And I'll, I'll kind of start from, I'll pick up where I started with the two basic ways. Um, so you have those that take more of a transport approach. It's more of an on-network approach. On this end of the spectrum, you're kind of talking about network as a service type of uh, network operators, type of service providers that, you know, if, if, you, if you look at it, you think it through, it's like, well, you know, are we really, aren't they really just reselling wavelengths? And, and that's a reasonable conception yeah. but what comes with that yeah. is a lot more, you know, uh, you know, more value added to that, usually more provisioning, provisioning and billing dynamism, essentially. Right. Well, I laugh because that's exactly what everyone, I remember when we were trying to figure out what CDNs were, it was just, wow, they're just reselling wavelengths. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it really, it's, it's a, uh, you know, yeah, I'm more, I'm more, you know, perhaps a more agile way of doing that. But yeah, it's essentially, you know, very kind of purpose, purpose built, you know, or, or application driven mm-hmm. means of uh, 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 bandwidth exchange, essentially, or, you know, taking on a bandwidth service um, is, is one sort of end of the spectrum. And and then on a more sort of layer three side of things, well, I guess I'll before I go to the layer three side, 
Um, there's also more of a, rather than the, the transport part of it, there's also a set of players that are in the co-location business or in the internet exchange uh, mm. business that, mm. hey, you know, we operate facilities that have, you know, effectively, you know, every network operator in the world connected to, right. why don't we leverage that toward, uh, you want to connect to the cloud? Well, they're all here, you know, so kind of leveraging those facilities and providing a service that essentially has the whole cloud on the back plane if you, all you need to do is get connected to that fabric and they've basically augmented their their you know co-location and, and, and internet exchange facilities with transport you know to kind of make that happen and uh, other services to make that link more direct um so that's just kind of a second category mm-hmm. and then a third category is more these internet augmentors that and there's subcategories therein. You could have mm-hmm, a provider mm-hmm. that has a, a a fabric of its own, buys a lot of IP transit, puts together its basically its own internet backbone, and sort of scoops up its customers' traffic as quick as possible and carries it sort of on net, not really, but you know, uh, right. within its own sort of peering ecosystem and and uh, routes routes the traffic efficiently. And then another sort of subcategory that isn't quite as deliberate as that but a little bit more of an enhanced sort of, you know, kind of probe of where your traffic's going on the internet and, and steering mm. things accordingly, which brings us to uh, something that'll sound familiar is the, the SD-WAN community. There's certainly right. a lot of overlap with internet middle mile providers and SD-WAN providers, particularly a subset of SD-WAN providers that does takes that approach in ways that we've already described, you know, that have a right. bit more of an on net kind of approach, or if they do it over the top, you know, they're really in there a little bit more involved in the core network rather than just sort of uh, uh, bonding your underlay access into something and then and, and choosing the best route. They're a little bit more involved in remediating the, the, the traffic itself. Right. So you mean like the sort of Ariakas and Kato's of the world Absolutely. that, that Those have some network yeah, yep. ver- versus versus a pure over the top, like, uh, like say Viptela or Silver Peak or whatever. But, but for, for the, for a different leg of the journey being that SD-WAN is, is mostly focused on, on load balancing and forward air correction and things coming out of the office. These are folks that are focused maybe on that, but also on, on the, the end-to-end journey more so is, is that, uh, is that, I think that's a fair, yeah. fair way to distinguish it. And, and, you know, at some point, yeah, it does get a little difficult to distinguish, you know, where the middle mile service stops and the SD WAN service begins or the other way around. I mean, there's certainly mm-hmm. some overlap and, and that's okay. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be this, you know, rigid distinction, you know, but, uh, right. yeah, there's, there's certainly some overlap there. All right, so this is the WAN Manager podcast, obviously uh, geared toward the the WAN Manager IT infrastructure team. But we also know, of course, that that uh, uh, the the vendors and telcos listen as well. Is there a play here for them? Is 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 there a difference in kind of how these services might be presented to the provider side versus the end user side, or uh, is it just whether you go direct or, or rely on your other providers to to use this kind of service? Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's certainly. I mean, you could argue that you know the the functions are the same, but maybe the use cases are different, or just the perspectives are. You know, one's kind of mm-hmm. on one side of the equation, and maybe one's on the other. Um, I think 
from the perspective of a WAN manager, from that of a, uh, you know, from, from the WAN, from the corporate network, you know, here, here is a class of service provider that's trying to distinguish itself from the traditional enterprise service provider, which, you know, if you think about it, can essentially provide much the same thing in terms of connectivity. Mm -hmm. But there's just these key elements of differentiation that it's, you know, more of a purpose built network and service. Uh, the use cases are a bit more well-defined and discreet rather than being more universal in the case of a, of right. a telco. Um, and, um, and, and, and yeah, and so I guess that would be the view accordingly from here. Here's another, you know, service provider in, in the, uh, in the marketplace to, to serve that need. And especially if you get into things like maybe one of the, probably the chief use case here really it's not just cloud connectivity, but multi-cloud connectivity. Mm, and mm -hmm. now we can start to pick apart. We've already touched on with direct cloud connects. They've been around a while, but you know, to do multiple cloud connects with sort of that kind of aggregation and presenting you the, 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 the WAN customer, a sort of one connection, and you can get to, to many cloud providers otherwise directly rather than have a series of bilateral direct connection right. that becomes a bit more special and and mm -hmm. uh, and and one of the propositions and you can look at that also from the, you know the, the the network operator side if you're a, if you're a big carrier and you know don't have you know and, and, and can certainly provide uh, direct cloud connects you know, maybe you can take advantage of a, a vendor in this space that can provide that multi-cloud connect connectivity and you can just kind of use them as one of your uh, network partners Right. Well, that, that gives me a good chance in, in this episode to pull in a data point that I have top of mind, which is that uh, uh, I think we have th about three in four of the enterprises that we've asked uh, have at least two um, infrastructure as a service partners, uh, which which is usually Azure and AWS, which which have a fairly similar geographic footprint. So like, you know, um, uh, needing to get to those same places, but needing to get to, um, to uh, you know, maybe different facilities and, and that sort of thing. So definitely relevant is the point there. So, yeah. So, so you, you mentioned some kind of use cases there in terms of multi-cloud. Um, if, if, you're talking to say a, a WAN manager who's like, oh, this is interesting. I hadn't really necessarily thought explicitly about um, middle mile before. I've been managing an MPLS network, right? And 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 things are the the ground is shifting underneath me. Uh, wh where do you think that they should start in kind of incorporating these kinds of vendors into their strategy? Uh, and and how would you? kind of sort them into one of these different categories? Uh, is it based on what their transport technologies are now, maybe? Or, or are there some other factors to think about? I, there's, there, there's, a, there's even maybe even a couple of categories of factor to think about. I think you've already right. touched on two of them. Um, you know, in, in terms of sort of the, the network you have and what you're, what you're maybe migrating to, you can look at it from, well, what are you trying to accomplish? You know, if you're all in on the cloud, and really your, your network need is really comes down to just the most, you know, efficient, broadly defined and robust connection to your cloud providers, then mm -hmm. this may well be worth a, a close look because it's, it's, it's kind of this narrower use case, really. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. from the other point of view that if you're, 
if, if your network is architected a, a certain way, then maybe you would start to look at the different categories of these operators that, um, you know, look at their provenance and, 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 you know, what they've kind of come up through. Were they in the way and optimization business? Were they in the transport business? Were they in, you know, some, right, SD -WAN, right. you know, some aspect of this? Uh, and that kind of matches the way you like to run your network. That's another way to kind of get involved with mm -hmm. one of these suppliers. And it's just maybe a service that, so you're using them for something else and they offer you this service. For example, a great example is, you know, it's, it, it's not a lot of, uh, uh, way and managers are, are are peering that run autonomous system numbers and right. networks and are actually part of the internet in the in the formal de definition. But if you are, that would certainly point to working with one of these more internet exchange type options where you're kind of right. more peering based approach. Just for example, I mean, if you're set up that way, um, and and yeah, so sort of a both an application and and goal sort of based uh, approach of, of decision making and also a more of a topologically driven one and just kind of how and, and i guess as always with any of these services you know what what is your in-house sort of capability and appetite for, for dealing right. with these things do you have more of a transport based kind of view on these things or do you really want to just have a bunch of internet connections and and let it all sort itself out. Well, then you might still want to have a look at one of these augmentation strategies, and those would point to directions you would want to want to look. Yeah, that's really interesting that you bring that up. I, I, we've looked at this before, just in terms of uh, enterprises that have done maybe a benchmark with us or, or interacted with us uh, in a deeper way, and we get an understanding of of their team before, and it really runs the gamut. That we, we've had. Um, customers who have, you know, 10,000 plus sites around the world that's literally managed by a team of like barely more than half a dozen or so. Uh, and then you have others um, that have, you know, several hundred sites around the world, but have almost essentially turned into a, a mini telco because they kind of piece uh, their their network together. But but it, it sounds to me like what you're saying is that 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 may sort you into one of these different categories, but no one is necessarily excluded from, uh, you know, benefiting from some uh, part of this uh, ecosystem, if you will. I, I think that's fair. And I would even extend that back to the dialogue we were having about, you know, kind of how the the, the network operator community itself or carriers and, and others mm -hmm. that could, mm -hmm. could also stand to benefit from, from some aspect of this in addition to um, uh, WAN operators. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. So here, I know that you love slash hate this question. Um, so, so I, uh, I'm looking forward to slash apologize for it, but um, it's <laughs> one we get asked all the time and that I know you have thoughts on. Uh, I see this very much connected to the the dissolution of the the MPLS hold on on the definition of a WAN in moving into different ways of of using applications and data. Again, to to bring in another data point to this from the WAN manager survey, uh, only one out of ten of the enterprises we asked last year, uh, twenty nineteen, actually. Um, uh, indicated that they have all of their data centers on premises, right? So every almost everyone is dealing with some amount of off-premises data center. Um, all of that leads toward a world that looks very different in terms of the uh, you know transport technologies that we can use and how much MPLS will be the center of the WAN. So uh, 
in regards to the the kinds of um, solutions that these middle miles providers can can offer, do you think this is another sort of um, uh, you know knock against the armor of MPLS? So what what do you see uh, the the uh, development of MPLS being over the next few years? Well, as as you know, we've certainly entertained that question before. As as you teed this up, and uh, yes, yeah, let me let me try and put it this way, uh, Greg. If uh, if I told you that you know I had a I had a service that uh, could handle multiple protocols and and they could be labeled in such a way and switch <laughs> through the network very efficiently, yeah. would you be yeah. interested in that? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> it looks, yeah. smells, and tastes like you know our old friend, and and uh, you know at the, at a higher level, what we've just described is more or less that use case, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, not to be you know too overly clever, but you know I guess I guess the point is that uh, you know yes, it is it is a substitute, uh, but it, it's it's a substitute almost at a higher level. As I was saying, if you have these boiled down to some pretty discrete use cases of I need to connect to a few CSPs or a few locations in a, in a, in a certain way, you know, that's a higher order reason why you would be moving away from a VPN, never, you know, never mind mm-hmm. VPL, MPLS, you know. But on the right. other hand, if, if you're taking a more internet-based approach, well, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of, well, a lot of these folks don't aren't aren't completely transparent, of course, about what their secret sauce is on precisely how they accomplish this augmentation. And it stands right. to reason you're more or less using you're perhaps using MPLS or something very much like it. Mm-hmm. So you're not really getting away from it. And we've we've been here before with 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 this question. It's 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 really the the traditional MPLS VPN that's under the big threat, um, and and the MPLS itself. You know, there's a couple of ways to articulate it. Like, like if you're getting DIA from one of the tier one backbone providers, you're sort of getting all the goodness of MPLS anyway. You know, you get into things like right. that. Right. So yeah. it's not quite the raw substitution like an MPLS killer or something. And even the SD-WAN market has gotten away from that as well. You know, I would, mm-hmm. I would say similarly, you know, I, I probably wouldn't frame it that way here either. And indeed, you know, there's probably as many similarities as there are uh, contrasts. Right. Right. That makes sense. And I mean, the, the extension, the extension of that question that comes up sometimes is, is that, uh, when we're going to a world SD, SD WAN on the edge, uh, security on the edge, we'll leave that for some other time, right? (laughs) As I know you're part, particularly fond of, of the, the term that I won't bring up. Um, uh, that was sarcasm, folks. But uh, yes, um, that uh, that then and then you're you're interacting. Most of your data, most of your applications now are something that are are not hosted or designed by by a lot of enterprises. Some some you know still going to have their own dev teams, but even that they might be using platform as a service more so. Um, and e- even if they're doing proprietary stuff, point being that. Some people, especially on the WAN manager end, which I find fascinating, are, are, are coming to me and saying, is there really going to be a WAN anymore in a few years? And I think it's kind of a philosophical question, but, but um, uh, what do you think about that? And, and, and is, is being able to optimize kind of the, the middle mile part of, of that uh, progression or evolution? Well, you know, again, I, I, I'm trying to resist being 
uh, overly clever here, but mm-hmm. I almost feel like the way the way I want to kind of what pops into my head to address that question is that yeah, it's almost like you know we 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 move toward VPNs, which were a revolution in their day because we used to have to do uh, basically our own mesh of point to point circuits, which Re- redundant uh, you know SDH uh, yeah circuits yeah. yeah and and now or, or E ones or whatever you know yeah the point right. is just transport right. links you know to 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 make your own network and. So the VPN was this, you know, uh, revolutionary thing where it was all virtual and you get your port and you could you could kind of, you know, get through the mesh, you know, abstracted. I almost feel like this is swinging a little bit back toward that, you know, that, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, we've talked about layer three approaches to this. It's not entirely going back to the world of of, of, you know, discrete deterministic routes between your uh, your locations. But, you know, a big segment of this has been born of that, which we didn't really mention, but, you know, a lot of this data center interconnect and some of these big pipes right. between these big places, this is the, you know, you're, you're tapping into that market and it's almost kind of going back that way. So in that sense, no, it's not really a, a, a demise of the, of, of the WAN in, in that sense. It's almost a return to its origins in, in, in a way, right. but but you could, I guess, you could also frame that as an abandonment of this more virtual. I, I don't know. It's it's, it's it's a kind of a high concept question, and there's maybe a high concept answer that because uh, there are other approaches that, you know, I guess I just you know, this isn't necessarily a one for one substitute for a VPN as you know. Right. It's really more, uh, but it does sort of check off a lot of the things you would accomplish with a WAN. Like, okay, I have you know, I basically you know, entities out on a network that I need to reach as, as robustly as possible. And, and I guess mm-hmm. it's just not quite as universal in this sense. It's a bit more well-defined and, and, and uh, more purpose built where, rather than the more universal, universal notion of, of a VPN. I, I hope that still makes sense. I don't want to run too no, far no, it's, it, yeah, it, it totally does. I, I think that, um, where where I sit on that is uh, is maybe even more vague, but it's kind of like in in the end, if if you are doing private proprietary activity, however one achieves that, right? So, some mix of SD WAN and and I'll say it SASE and and uh, and cloud services and all that. In in the end, it to me seems like a, almost a semantic issue about whether there's a WAN or not, like, um, uh, is it, is it exactly what we meant by WAN by an extension of what a LAN was? Maybe not, but it's, it's, there's still a, a sort of philosophical thing, right. That, that one still has to manage, even if, if manage means something different than it used to, that's kind of where I fall on that. Although, um, I, I'm, uh, open to, uh, to interpret. Yeah. You know, it is, I, yeah, I think it is an interesting way to, to, I think it's still useful despite being largely semantic. I, I do think it's still worth something. Cause you mentioned, you know, the, you know, in, in, at its heart, you know, what is the WAN? Well, you know, it's, it's wide instead of local. I mean, and what was a right. LAN? Like, how'd you build a LAN? Well, you, you strung some, you know, cat five cable and you put your exactly. in some routers and, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. just, this is just on a more global scale is the WAN. Mm-hmm. And I think, and that's why I was sort of going back to that notion of, well, we're, we're sort of doing that again. And that's still mm-hmm. a WAN, you know, it, or it's not, if you're thinking of it in a different way that, you know, um, if I guess maybe the, the not WAN is, is really more just, okay, I'm just going to go onto the internet 
and 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 again, come what may. But what's in the context of a middle mile, we're 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 harnessing that, we're 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 right. controlling that, we're augmenting that, which pulls us back into something more of a when. I mean, again, whether it's in the context of SD WAN or or middle mile, some of these operators are taking that approach. All they're really doing is taking the internet and bringing it onto a private network. You know, you know, that's not or or tunneling it in a specific way that, that, uh, you know, again, pulls you out of just being public Internet. Yes. And I think that's more WAN than not WAN uh, in our our sort of discussion here. That makes perfect sense to me. All right. So so we've covered a lot of ground. Um, If we could sort of wrap up on just. From, again, that kind of WAN manager IT infrastructure team perspective, do you think there are any key takeaways from what you kind of uh, picked up putting all of this uh, uh, product together in terms of our, I didn't really mention what the product was, did I? <laughs> but we, we profile all of these different um, providers and then kind of explain where they fit in uh, to the ecosystem. I think you've talked about making some really cool kind of sort of network flow charts to, to explain it. But can you distill out of out of all that uh, that work, maybe a couple of key takeaways that you would hope uh, WAN managers can, can uh, go home with? Yeah, you know, having not quite... Completely finish it yet? I can. I can. Yeah, try. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> very close. Very close. Better yeah. Finish it soon because this is going to. Yeah. Um, yeah the, I, I think you know, one of them is that you know there is there is this category of service provider out there. Okay, that mm-hmm. that's not your traditional um, you know enterprise WAN service provider, um, and. That and it's also not just a cloud service provider either. I mean, there's several things we, you know, I guess we we didn't have time to cover, but you know, there there is sort of this, uh, you know, there, there there is this purpose-built option out there for uh, cloud connectivity, kind of dedicated to that. That you can also purpose for not just mm-hmm. the cloud, but things, you know, other things on a on, on a network that um, is sort of a, a non-telco option. I guess is the one in its most basic form. Right. Um, another is that, you know, conceding to just use the internet is not the end of that story. You can actually do that and still have plenty of options to augment that, uh, mm-hmm. and kind of make, make that actually a, a, you know, uh, ameliorate some of the disadvantages of going that way with, uh, some services that are, that are out there. Right. And, you know, this is a way. Uh, I guess another way to tell you know, part of those differentiations of this segment is that it is, if not greenfield, you know, it's, it, it's purpose built. It's more agile to develop some of the latest technologies and software defined networking and things like that. And, and, you know, that if you're looking for those things here, here, here's a, here's a, a sector to look in that, that may have uh, some feature sets that are, are of interest and some, you know, so, being just having good interfaces for, for, for those as well. They're, they're really working right. on those areas of differentiation, which in some ways may not be all that profound or revolutionary, but can really be quite useful for the day-to-day WAN manager who just, geez, can I just have a half decent interface, please? You know, and there's right. a lot of that here, you know, a lot of like, Hey, drop down menu, hit the thing you want. And you know, a lot of billing creativity. Again, we didn't even get into that, but. Uh, I, mean, I was going to say, yeah, it's a, I mean, that's one key thing here, yeah. right? Is it, 
the 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 possibility of avoiding some of the long term vendor lock in kind of stuff with MPLS that becomes yeah and, and just the provisioning right yeah so yes yeah. yeah those are the two yeah real quickly that yeah the the billing more or less is 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 aligned with what you're getting from the cloud folks and so you don't have this mismatch of you know long term sort of contracts with these by minute type charges you know they're brought more into alignment and like you said with the provisioning and that was really one of the knocks on you know, VPNs was, uh, you know, one of them mm-hmm. was, it was the provisioning issue. And like, yeah, with these, with these, uh, with these uh, more modern networks with more software defined aspects to them. Yeah. You can take advantage of those things and just have more agility to turn things up, shut things down, spin things up that we've had more in the IT space for quite some time. And now, and this, this was the original promise of another, I guess, pithy mm-hmm. way to put it is that this is some of the, of the first round of, of commercialization of software defined networking really. Yeah, that's, I, you know, I've never thought of it that way. That's, a, that's an interesting way to close. Um, excellent. All right. So, so when, when this podcast comes out in a few weeks, we'll probably be pretty close to, to releasing that product and maybe have some blog posts about it if, if folks want to learn more. Um, but Eric, before we finish, um, I always like to, uh, to have a, a sort of more fun question in here. And I decided, you know, I've, I've, always envied uh your your hobby fishing i'm i have a very low threshold for boredom and i'm extremely impatient so my fishing excursions end up being uh short and frustrating but you are are an expert fisherman so i want to hear your best fishing story oh wow yeah, a, I should have warned you about that, but yeah. Yeah, this, this, this was not in the preparation, yeah. which I guess is really so brilliant. Um, oh, man. Best fish story. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think. Something pops to mind, but I'm trying to make it as, as concise as, as any good fish story. It's a long yarn, but um, I suppose I, I, I was. I went on a, a float trip. So I took a canoe and went Ooh, down the White fun. River in Michigan. A uh, mm-hmm. guy dropped me off. I went by myself, floated down the river, had a pickup arranged at the other end. And uh, I would I realized I couldn't fish that well from the boat underway. So I would mm. I would beach it and fish likely looking spots. And uh, at one point I was fishing this bend in the river like you do and and uh I, I hooked into a fish and it was a beauty. It was, uh, you know, usually some, you know, if you're really good, you can tell what it is before it even surfaces. But the fish, surfaced, right. I could tell it was a big northern pike and I had never caught a big northern pike. And I really wanted right. to northern pike. <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm, I'm wading in the water. So I'm in the water uh, and I, you know, I'm up to a certain level. And this is a pretty deep hole and he's fighting uh, as the fish will do. And I noticed that he takes a run down the river and he wraps me around a log. Oh no. And, I'm looking, and I a know smart, it's going to a smart Northern pike. Yeah. I have about a split second that he's going to, now the tension is on the line and he is going to snap off. Right. If I don't act. And I thought, okay, in a split second, I did an inventory. I had my matches in my pocket and I just, just the fish was more important. And I waded into the river to get <laughs> fish and stick my rod, you know, and reached as best I could to get unwound from the, 
branch and he was gone. I lost. Oh him. no. So you lost I your lost. matches in the fish. It's a sad fish story, Greg. I, <laughs> you know, you know, and, and, yeah. And so that night it was a very cold night in the tent with no campfire. Because I had lost my matches and uh, yeah. That I had wetted my matches, and so my I was visiting some relatives, and my aunt gave me the gift of uh, waterproof matches after. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, a lighter, just to throw that out there for future. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fish story. A little bit of a downer, but I, I've never forgotten it for sure. No, it's it's a great one. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, this was super fun. Thank you so much, and um, and we'll do this again sometime when we have the next thing coming up. All right. Thanks, Greg. Bye. Thanks very much for listening. The Wayne Manager podcast is brought to you by Telegeography, a division of Crimetrica Incorporated, and is edited and produced by Jane Miller. I wrote the theme song you're listening to right now, and we get administrative canine support from my dog, Honeybun, who you might hear chiming in from time to time when the mood strikes her. If you want to learn more about our data, head over to telegeography.com where you can find our blog that covers many of the topics we hit here, and you can sign up for our WAN Manager newsletter. Until next time, have a great day.